Welcome back to the Light the Fight podcast. I am one half of your host, David Kozlowski, family therapist and um, bat signal responder to <laughs> my other half of the podcast, Heidi Swap. Heidi, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening, you guys. Thank you for sticking with this. Um, and thank you for your messages of encouragement. I got to tell you that... You know, I'll kind of be driving home from one of these episodes or I'll listen to an episode again and I'll just be like shaking my head and then I'll get this amazing message um, that just says, you know what, that is exactly where I was and thank you so much for saying that out loud or whatever that is. And it just kind of gives me that that like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Um, So thank you and I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm here on the couch. So I don't like to call myself the host, Dave. I like to be, you know, also not a Hostess. patient. <laughs> the You're hostess. the one walking people to their <laughs> solutions. Here, now serving solution number four. That's right. That's right. Or now serving no. problem number four. I'm the problem. Really I'm the here. problem person, you know, and um, not necessarily. David's the solution giver. I'm the problem haver. Introducer. <laughs> Introducer. Anyway, um, so yeah, good to be back. Well, um, let's just start off talking about something that's been on your mind recently, Heidi. Um, so why don't you share the thought you're having and then we'll just go. So this is something that I have thought about for a long time. And, um, and I do have a couple experiences that got me thinking about it. But I want to talk about it a little bit more as I felt myself fall into this trap again. And and. Kind of the ba- if I had to make a title of it, it's like understanding your motivation. And I even kind of wanted to like turn the tables on on my kid this week when I was like, you know, what is motivating you to either do this or do that or not do this or not do that um, or whatever. Um, so I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about being really aware of what is motivating you. To, to do something. And, and I'll start out with kind of an example. And this example is a little bit older, but it's still one that um, taught me a lot. And so this is like going back a couple of years and um, it has to do with Colton, who is my oldest son. And um, right as he was starting his senior year, um, he had, he needed, a, he needed a new car. We had given him a car that was kind of a piece of piece of crap and um, I felt like he needed a more reliable vehicle and um, I wasn't letting him pick it I wasn't letting him having anything to do with it my husband and I were gonna go you know because it was our car it wasn't his car we were just gonna let him use it that that was kind of our philosophy anyway um, about the same time like I said school is starting and so he was also had asked a girl to homecoming and I also felt like he needed a suit. So this is happening the same week. And uh, so I, I kind of drag him to buy a suit. And he was kind of a, a jerk. You know, not interested, not excited, not grateful. And um, I, we, we get the suit and it needs to be altered. So we leave it. You know, we don't take it home. And that was on a Thursday. Saturday, 
my husband and I get up early, we go out and we check out all these different cars, pick one out, bring it home, and pick up the suit. And the dance is the following week. And we kind of show up, pull up in this car. It's a nice car, you know, and, uh, and I'm feeling like I deserve like 10 medals of honor as a mom. Like here I'm with this car he, that, and, and the suit. And you know what Colton says to me? Well, does it have aux? The car, the radio? And I'm like, does it have aux? What, what? I don't know if it has aux. And for, for those of you who may be listening and don't, maybe don't know this, uh, you probably do, but at this point I didn't even know how important it was that he would be able to plug his freaking phone into the radio. Like I could have literally bought him a car with square wheels and as long as it had aux, he would have been happier than this nice car, zoom, zoom, like it was a Mazda 3, right? <laughs> and it didn't have aux and he, he was like, eh, no aux. And, and then like not even, not even like a thank you for the suit. Right? Not even like, mom, this is so awesome. Thank you for dropping $299 or something. I don't know how much it was. Um, and I was flaming mad, furious at this kid. I, I couldn't even see straight because obviously I drove dr driven home with this like glowing aura of I'm the best mom on the planet and I'm about to indenture this kid to lawn mowing for, you know, or whatever like pure, like he was going to be nice to his siblings. He was going to clean up his room. He was going to like pick up his towel. Like I was having really high expectations of <laughs> these gifts that I had just awarded him. Yeah. And I was mad. Um, dare I say like, I, 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 I wanted to like, like just, I wanted to take away everything he owned, including his shoes. So he had to go barefoot to school, right? The level of ingratitude. And uh, I had this conversation with you and with a friend, and I realized that I had wanted him to have a car that was reliable. He just wanted ox, okay? So I wanted him to have a nice suit to wear to the dance so that I could take a picture so that I would have this nice memory, so that I could be the mom that had, you, you know, I wanted that reflection of me. And he could have cared less. He would have worn the scuzzy white shirt that he wouldn't even like, he doesn't even unbutton it all the way after church because he would just slip it on and slip it off. Like, I, I don't know how many weeks that white shirt He could have went to the, the DI and picked up one of those, like, uh, remember, um, from Dumb and Dumber, those oh, little yeah. Mexican quinceanera yeah. suits with the ruffles in the front. <laughs> he, he could have just wore like anything, something funny. He could have no more cared about the nice suit or the nice car. And then, and I was, I was genuinely hurt. Um, I think that this kind of reared its head 
just in this last little while and I had to sort of step back and remember that as we give kids stuff and provide things for them, we don't we maybe don't even give them a chance to need it or want it or come to us for it. And so we kind of even still rob them of the chance to be grateful for it. Um, and asking yourself kind of about why am I mad or why am I doing this? What am I, you know, I think that it kind of turns the tables on um, what you can expect and in terms of a response from the from the kids and um, you know I don't know I didn't know if maybe you you had some some insight about that in terms of looking at like even at, at your kids sometimes when they ask for things helping to understand like how to really look at the motivation and why you're acting the way you're acting, why why it may be triggering your shame to like if he would have gone to the dance in a dirty shirt or <laughs> you know whatever, like how would that have have made me feel, even though he didn't care? You know, and it, it gave me a some different a different way to look at kind of a a pretty basic situation. Well, I think we do this all the time with relationships in general. We start to imagine these ideal scenarios. Um, in dating, a lot of people, they do this where they say, you know, our relationship's really bad right now. I wish we could go back to when, you know, we were just friends or when it was simple. Um, parents do this with their kids a lot where they say, and I have conversations with people like this and sometimes I help them put into perspective they'll say like yeah, I remember when they were eight or they're nine and you know and they used to want to be around us and you go back to these times where the relationship just seems so simple and so easy in reality eight nine wasn't necessarily easy and simple it was just a different challenge and now we've romanticized and we fantasize about our kids respecting us, our kids sharing the same desires, motives, intentions, goals that we have for them. And when you brought this up right before we started the podcast, I'm like, let's just stop. Let's just talk about this because having a motive to have your kids fulfill an expectation that you imagine inside your mind is completely normal, but it can be problemsome when it comes to the reality of the relationship. You're dealing with a teenage boy that would rather his hair look ratty and scraggly than clean cut and sharp. Um, he's looking to be cool, not to make you look cool. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and you're a human being. You get your feelings hurt. Um, but you also get mad at him. Use those examples like him leaving the towel, um, maybe not cleaning up after himself. All these things that you get angry and frustrated, but you don't want to have anger and frustration towards your kids. So imagine ways that we could fill in some gaps and then they will be so appreciative for these things that we gave them that they didn't even realize that they needed 
that they will reciprocate this appreciation and gratitude towards us and our relationship will be bonded and will grow because of it and we can have some like like almost like a go back to the past where things were simple and easy sometimes you catch a break and that happens other times we realize our kids are an extension of us and for our own selfish and probably in self-centered needs we want them to look and act and behave a certain way because dang that would make our lives a whole lot better or at least make us look a lot better if our lives aren't that great <laughs> i had it happen today go to the mall and go to the stance sock store and i was uh getting a present for someone i get a pair of stance socks and i got my little son with me and he sees some little tiger stance socks with dad tiger tiger and i'm like i looked at him like i pictured him wearing those you know going back to the beach my hometown like looking all cool these little tiger socks well, yeah i'll get them for you and i'm like oh wait i gotta get a pair for my daughter because then like you know she you know like she'll be mad if i don't get those so i get these cool I'm like i'm just picture her wearing them with her cute little vans and this and that and i thought it was so cool so i see my wife because uh, she was off doing her thing we meet up and i go oh look at these cool socks i got and she looked at she's like twelve dollars for a pair of kid socks that they'll grow out of in, in like four weeks and i was like yeah, but I and I tried to sell her on it, and she wasn't being really critical. She was just making a comment, and then the more I started thinking about, it, the more I started thinking about, it, I'm like, in my mind, it would look really cool if my kids had these socks. You know, what my daughter's favorite socks are. She had two pairs of stance socks. One of them doesn't fit right on her. The other one, it's like she likes it, but she always chooses this four pack I got at Target for five bucks. Well, and they probably don't even match. She probably likes it like. She pulls them up to her, her knees. She tucks her, like she has her own style with her. So the two pairs of socks, sand socks I got from their past, $12 a piece. A f I think it was a four pair for like $5. She wears those and they got holes in them. She's gotten so much out of those socks and the two sand socks just sit there. I'm sitting there going, this was for me, not for her. Now, I don't get offended when my daughter doesn't wear the socks because she's only seven years old. But really soon, I'm going to get my feelings hurt. If I don't change, well, at least put my motives in check. Because as a parent, what you're doing, Heidi, and what I was doing, there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem comes when we do not feel like it's a fair return in the value we put into it. If we don't feel like it's fair, then we start to become the governors of what's fair and what's not fair. And I can tell to all the parents out there listening, you do not want to play the fair keep score game with your teenagers. They will wear you down. They will win that game. <laughs> but, well, this isn't fair. Well, they, I mean, they will throw so many scenarios at you that, are, it, that aren't fair in their opinion. And so that's where a lot of people get well, themselves. Well, kind of where like a guilt trip comes in? Like, of course. I, I mean, that's, that's where I went with it. Of I do this and I do this and look at how you repay me. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not, you're not getting anywhere with that except for more feelings hurt and more disgruntled kind of, well, I, I didn't even ask you for that. But as, you know, as a parent, I'm like, well, if, well, I'm going to, it's my, my job to give you this and it is your job to be thankful. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like how can you kind of align your motives better is it talking about it or is it just like waiting until they have grown out of their 
clothes to the point that they're too embarrassed to go out in public. But that, that would probably be just be cool. Well, <laughs> if and I'm glad we're having this conversation because I just remembered something from a long time ago. I haven't talked about it at all. So thanks for bringing this up. Um, it's very simple for every parent out there that's listening. You just have to ask yourself, is it me or is it for you? So is it for me or is it for you? And here's what you do. If hiding your situation, you realize now that it was for you. But if you went back to the whole entire scenario and you said, you know what, I want to get him a car and I want to get a suit. But you learned in the past, you'll go out of your way to do things for him. Turns out he didn't even ask for those things. It was all your, it was all your idea. So if you're about to do something for your son, ask yourself, am I doing this for me or am I doing it for him? Or if it's your daughter for her. If you're like, oh, he didn't ask me for this. He probably doesn't really want it. I just kind of want to do it and hopefully it works. At that point, as soon as you choose, this is for me, can't get butt hurt. You have to make an agreement. I'm just going to try to try something. If it's for me, they don't like it. You have to have it pre-planned. Then you have to say, I'm not going to be upset when exactly. they're not grateful for this. You have to have it pre-planned. You say, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. If they don't like it, it doesn't work out. Then whether you got to tell them, hey, it's totally up to them. This is just an idea or something you got for you. If you don't like it, I can return it. But you have to tell yourself ahead of time, this one's for me. And if it doesn't work out, that your kid has get out of jail free card and it was just you taking a shot. If it's for them and you say, listen, you asked me to do this for you. I'm doing this for you. Now you're not giving me any sort of gratitude or appreciation for it. I have the right to be angry, frustrated, or my favorite terminology, butthurt about this. Don't rob me. <laughs> Just so you know, I hate it when he says butthurt. Yeah. Don't rob, because <laughs> maybe you're a little bit too familiar with that I, concept. I, maybe <laughs> I just, it's the teenager thing. <laughs> well, um, that's my job to warm you up to some of these things. So teenagers are okay with that terminology. They use that term 100%. a lot. I know. Okay, 100%. So if you go into it saying, hey, I'm doing this because they, it was clear because a lot of times it's not clear what someone wants or not. Right. You're just trying to like read their mind. As a mom, your ability to read your teenager's minds gets less and less every day they get older. You just don't have the same intuition when they're one and two years old. So if it is for them and they don't take advantage or they don't show appreciation and gratitude, please, parents, let your teenagers know. Just, hey, make a statement. We're all big around statements around here, right? Tell them, I did this for you because you asked me. I feel like you're not being appreciative. I don't like that. I just want to let you know. You don't You don't have to be happy that I don't like it. If you're mad at me because I'm frustrated that you're not grateful, that's okay. I just need to let you know because I felt like, you know, you took advantage of me in this situation. So there you go. Mic drop, walk away. It allows you to actually say it and get it, get it, get it off, off your chest. It allows you to be okay with it. But you know what it teaches them? It teaches them, quit being a little punk sometimes. These are teenagers that are most likely self-serving. It's not that they're bad human beings because they only care about themselves. That's just what they're going through right now. Now, granted, some teenagers are going to have more gratitude and empathy and compassion than others. But for the most part, they're going to be pretty self-serving. So it's okay to tell your teenager, but you don't want to shame trip them. Right. So you don't want to tell them, you know, I did all these things for you and I feel like you just don't even care about me and blah, blah. Don't speak for their feelings. Don't try to communicate. This is what you did. 
every time you do, or use things like always, you always do this, you never show gratitude appreciation, be really careful you pick your words, parents, and don't be a hypocrite because it's never always, it's never infinite, it's just your emotions at that moment. So pick your words very carefully, pick a very specific statement, say it, put a period on it, mic drop it. It could be just as simple as, this is how I feel, no need to respond, just want to let you know, I didn't feel appreciated from this. Walk away. And I'm, you can't see me, but I'm kind of shaking my head because this is where I kind of found myself getting into trouble, where I had imaginary expectations attached to something that I was choosing to do out of my mom guilt, probably, and um, in hopes of gaining some huge amount of um, love and admiration from a kid. Now, conversely, I want to share something that happened this weekend. And this was kind of a mom fail at the same time. So is prom. And, you know, everybody knows that you got to get a corsage or a boutonniere. Like this is just mom 101, kid 101. Like everybody knows this, right? And Quincy had been asked to prom a couple weeks ago. Like it wasn't like it just got sprung on me. And I don't know what happened that it never even crossed my mind that I needed a boutonniere. And um, like... You know, I'm thinking about getting her hair done and her makeup and I and, you know, kind of covering our bases with how she was going to look and the times and all that. But but I did not think about the boutonniere. It is it is like an hour before she's getting picked up. And I was actually just getting out of a movie with my other kids and I get a text from her and she says, I cannot believe that I forgot a boutonniere. She's like, it is literally my one responsibility for prom. And, and she said, I just had to tell him that I didn't get a boutonniere. And, and she was feeling horrible. She didn't even say, Mom, can you grab a boutonniere? She didn't even Why didn't she remind me? me? Right. She didn't <laughs> even say anything. But I was like instantly, like, I should have, I should have known that. Like, I really should have. And so... At that second, I text a friend of mine that I know who has a floral shop that I use. She's like, yeah, I can whip one up right now. I'm leaving in 15 minutes. Can you be here? I was like, yes, I'll be there. And I managed to swoop in there, pick up the boutonniere. I sent a picture to Quincy, to Quincy and she was like, oh my gosh, mom, that was so clutch. Thank you so much. I owe you so big. And... I thought, my gosh, she was really grateful. Like, I sort of exceeded her expectations there. She didn't even ask me. I knew that she needed it. I felt guilty that I hadn't thought of it. Um, but it is so, it was so much better to be appreciated for an effort than, you know, I can't believe you didn't remind me or, or, or something like that, which is, which is <laughs> really like she would have probably been warranted. I felt really bad. Um, and, and so it got me thinking, you know, she truly needed that and I was able to help her and, um, and that is where true appreciation comes from, right? We don't feel truly appreci appreciative when someone does something that we don't really need or care about. Yeah, maybe it's nice, but, um, you know, it, it's just a different thing. And sometimes when we're like, I 
try to rescue my kids or try to think about it for them or like do something for them that they haven't even thought of needing yet, it doesn't give them a chance to appreciate me. And then I just feel unappreciated. Um, and, and so it, it was just kind of an interesting moment and something that I feel like I've gotten in trouble, you know, like in the past is why I wanted to bring it up. I, I like what, what you said though about when, when you have been called upon to do something, make sure that they, that they know that that's expected, but make sure that you draw that line. And a way to take ownership for that, for parents to, um, if your teenagers come to you in like crisis mode, oh my gosh, you know, I need this. Like, unlike your situation with your daughter, if they're really begging you, say, I need you to loan me $20. I know I didn't do my chores yet, but I'll do them on Tuesday, <laughs> even though it's Friday now. <laughs> and a lot of parents tell me, I know my kid's not going to pay me back. I know they're not going to follow through, but they've been pretty good recently. You know, I can do them a solid. I said, that's fine. Do them a solid. But you have to make a statement before you do them a solid. You have to tell them, hey, listen, I'm not doing this for you to bail you out because you're stressed out and you're struggling. I'm doing this for you because people that care about other people sometimes do a solid for someone just to show them that they care. So I'm not doing it for you because you're begging me. I'm doing it for you because you mean a lot to me. So how we teach gratitude is not telling someone you're not being grateful. <laughs> right. But, which, which is how I teach. That. Well, past tense. <laughs> right. right. With each episode, she's getting better fans. So trust me, you guys, this is really the best thing that you guys, by listening, the more people listen to this episode, Heidi will get better. If you guys stop listening, we'll stop doing the podcast. She'll stop evolving. No pressure. So I need your help. So, I mean, gratitude is one of those things that it seems like it can come natural. And then for other people, it seems like they just can't muster it up. Well, to teach gratitude, it's a lot easier to teach gratitude by telling someone that you're grateful that they came to you because they're struggling. So we don't want our kids to think that in order for us to help them, there's all these strings attached. Because most parents, okay, I don't want to say stuff like most parents. Sometimes parents, I'm, I'm using these exaggerated terms, sometimes parents will say, I've been taken advantage of, they're taking advantage of me again, I'm just their sponsor of all their things with no gratitude and this and that. Parents get resentful, they start to hold a grudge, and so then when a kid asks them for something that they should just easily give them, they go, well, why you asked me for this? And they feel like now is the time to do judge and jury, question them and do all these things to make sure, almost like putting them through the ringer just to be able to do something that it's simple and you could do for them anyways. Instead of doing it like that, say thank you for asking me. I know you're distressed. Um, and by the way, if you can't help them or you're choosing at that moment not to help them, thanks for asking me. I appreciate that you know that you can come to me when you need something. However, in this particular situation, I'm going to have to give you a no. Why? Like, I need it. They just keep on going and say, listen, there's a lot of reasons, but let me just tell you right now. You asking me and you need help is not the problem. I love you. I'd love to help you. However, in this particular situation, I've helped you a number of times already. This one, I'm going to give you the opportunity to figure out. So how are you going to figure it out? Well, if they don't want to talk to you about it, fine. They just know that they have to figure it out now. 
something like, you know, like our last podcast, like you don't want to rob your kids from a learning experience. So you got to be careful not to have all the information and not to tell them how ungrateful they are as a way of showing them how to be grateful. Remember, you have too much information. They don't need it. They don't need to learn if you can just give it to them. Even if you're giving it to them in a very judgmental, authoritarian, shaming type of way, now they just realize you know a whole lot. They don't know anything. Who knows? Maybe your kids are a lot more grateful than they share, but maybe they shared it on a social media that you don't follow them on, right? I heard a comedian a long time ago talk about, like, if I want to know how much my daughter loves me, I have to check her Instagram page because on his birthday, she takes a selfie and says, my dad, you know, like he created this beautiful thing, you know, <laughs> it's like, so happy birthday, dad. And with a beautiful picture of herself, like that was my birthday card. <laughs> she didn't give me a birthday card. She just gave me an Instagram selfie of her as my birthday card. Point is, it doesn't mean she's not grateful. She just wanted some likes while she was showing that she's grateful for dad. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and it is hard. I think that when you kind of know that your mom and dad are, they're kind of, they're mad or they're, maybe you're not on the same page. Things aren't going great. There's no teenager in the world that's going to come in and just be like, you know what? Thanks for everything you do. And you know, and if they... But they might be telling their their friends or, you know, they... Well, I tell you what, if... They, well, teenagers can do that. It's, those are unicorn moments when they do. But if your teenager does do that, you're, you're doing something right. Okay, keep it up. If they don't do that as often as you'd like, but randomly they do accept it, appreciate it, but that shouldn't be the rule. That should be the exception of the rule. That's just a, that's just a bonus. That's like when I go to the sushi place and I spend enough money, they're like, hey, here's a free roll, sir. I already <laughs> spent a hundred bucks. It's the least they could do is give me a couple pieces of tuna for free, right? It's like you just get, you, you, sometimes you, you get lucky, you score a break, but when parents are looking like, I'm gonna do things to get that moment, that's you. That's just all on you. So if it doesn't work out the way you expect it to, ask yourself. Was I doing it for me or was I doing it for them? If I was doing it for me, well, then I can't expect them to be the bearers of my frustration. I, I got to deal with that myself. If I did it for them and they didn't appreciate it and weren't grateful, then you got to go back to them and let them know that you didn't like it that they weren't appreciating grateful. Mic drop and walk away. Let them just sit with it. That would be a good guilt trip. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a positive motivator. That's not shaming them. It's just letting someone know. And that's a, I think a, a lot of young people nowadays, um, people know that we're all becoming very sensitive to criticism, even more so. Um, partly is because we have more criticism in our day-to-day -day life because of social media. So if you're hypersensitive to criticism, people not telling you how they feel doesn't help you with that. People just letting you know, hey, this is where I'm at versus saying, this is what you did to me. That's the difference between criticizing someone versus informing them. Hmm. You know, something that you just said kind of sparked in, um, and I just want to throw it out there, and it's probably a bigger subject, but when we talk about motivation, I think that also kind of ties into to love language a little bit. And I think about like, one of the ways that I show my kids that I love them is by making chocolate chip cookies. And they might not know that that's actually what I'm saying is I love you. And so here's some chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Unless I were to tell them, you know, this is how I'm showing you that I love you. Rather than making a meal, I'm making you, you know, whatever it is. Um, 
I think sometimes we think to ourselves, if you loved me, you would pick up your towel or you would do your homework or you would stop calling your siblings names. That would be a great way for you to show me that you love me. But instead of those things, I would maybe get um, and Colton come and lay by on the floor by me while I was working. And he would kind of just lay there on the floor and show me viral videos or just kind of be in my presence. And as I look back, that was his way of saying, I'm sorry, I love you. Like a yeah. lot of things probably. Yeah. And because he didn't have, like he, he wasn't going to be nice to his siblings. He, he wasn't going to be, uh, pick up his, never, he's never going to pick up his wet towel. And Him being accountable wasn't his language of love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so moms and dads, look at the things that your kids do that might, could possibly be a, they're showing you appreciation in their own way. And, and don't try to formulate imagination what you wish they would do to show you appreciation unless you're going to tell them that I guess and hold them accountable to your point but I'm noticing my kids have each their own little ways of showing me love that aren't necessarily the things that I wish were showing me love but I need to take that as as their offering and and I guess those, as we think about those motivations, what's motivating them to snuggle up with me right now? What's motivating them to want to come in the car with me to run an errand? What's motivating them to come in and ask me how my day was? You know, whatever. Um, it could just be that th those olive branches or barometric mom anger level testing you know which i think well you made a great point there with the love language and you know us as parents you know we've been on this earth longer so it's really up to us to be able to pick up on those things for our kids teenagers and accept that gesture of just being in your presence or identifying whatever it is that they're doing to show that they care about you and they have love and affection appreciation for everything that you do for them, even though they're not saying it verbally or doing it the way you would like them to do it. If you can see what it is and you can acknowledge it, you don't need your teenagers and your kids to be your caregiver. You don't need them to take care of you. They should be benefiting you. They should be adding to your life experience, not be giving you a life experience. The life experience you're having with your kids should be this opportunity for you to grow with them, not for them to protect you from having a day that you can't handle. Now, I know this is an ideal scenario, but that's the goal we're looking for. Our goal is pick up how they know, or pick up what they are doing to show us love, even though it may not be what we prefer. Accept it as something that's, that's tangible, something that's, that's important to them, right? If you get them an auxiliary, you know, in, in a in a $1,000 car that broke down that was a lemon that 20 people owned, as long as you have his auxiliary cord, 
That's all that matters. Just so you guys know, <laughs> his birthday was like a month and a half later, and we gave him a radio, and he had to figure out how to go get it installed. You know, he. Yeah. But man, that thing was installed the next day. He he <laughs> knew how to take care of that, and and he was stoked. But I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't even know that that's what it that was. What it was all about. I'm a cow. So. Anyway, that, well, that's, when, episode, that's when some powerful miscommunications really... <laughs> well, thankfully, you had that experience because it adds to our Parenting Pitfall podcast. That's right. Like the fight. That's right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there for today. Um, as always, you can uh, message us if you have any questions on Light the Fight podcast. Light the, wait, elevatepodcasting.com is our webpage. And you can ask us questions. And please, we would really love to have questions coming in so that we can answer. Um, we're going to be doing questions and suggestions each week. So we're going to take some questions, answer them, and put it as a separate podcast. So if you got questions, we'd be happy to weigh in um, about anything from family relationships, parenting relationships, um, just any intimate, close, personal relationships that... Um, you might be not having much success in <laughs> or like to have more success in. Yeah. And, you know, do some thinking about what's motivating you to do those things that, that you're doing. And um, it may just change the way you, what you expect in return. So thanks hey, you guys for watching. If you can listening. change Heidi's expectations, See, you can change it's huge. Anyone. Highest expectations ever. <laughs> thanks you guys. <laughs>